Welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a dream show today. We're going to be speaking with Serge Kahili King, Dr. Serge Kahili King, I should say. And we're talking about his book, Dream Techniques, Working with Night Dreams, Day Dreams, and Liminal Dreams. It's going to be a very interesting show. This isn't your, you know, get the dream book and look up the meaning type of show. Okay, um, goes much deeper than that. And we're going to even, you know, delve into daydreams, which I really haven't done before, but he has a very interesting take on it. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's been holding you back. But you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I also authored two books. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, ranking master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can hope. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com. And I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Dreams can change our lives in profound and tangible ways. My guest today, Serge Kahili King, Ph.D., is the author of many works on Huna and Hawaiian shamanism, including urban shaman and instant healing. He has a doctorate in psychology and was trained in shamanism by the Kahili family of Kauai and as well as by African and Mongolian shamans. He is the executive director of Huna International, a nonprofit worldwide network of individuals who have dedicated themselves to making the world a better place. He lives on the big island of Hawaii, and you can check him out at his website, and that is huna.net. Again, H-U-N-A.net. Welcome, Serge. Thank you. Hey, it's so great to have you on. What a fantastic book. I like your take on the book. Not only is it just, um, you know, the night dream that so many people think about and or fear, you cover also what's happening during the day. But let's start out with um, one thing that um, your publicist had actually sent over, and I found it uh, quite interesting. She said that, of course, your book covers dreams that we have at night, but it goes much further into detail into the depth with dreams of daytime and their deeper forms of conscious dreaming and the serious proposition that all of waking life appears to have characteristics 
that we ordinarily supply dreams of the night that we think happens at the night. So why is it that our dreams affect us so much, so clearly, so profoundly? Well, because they're part of our life. Speaking, you know, for most people, uh, it takes up about a third. So, uh, you know, it's kind of silly to ignore it. Um, yeah, and so it naturally, it does affect us. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting because so many people say, you know, geez, I don't remember my dreams. You know, I never dream. And I think the never dream is a misnomer because I think everybody dreams. You might not be conscious yeah, of it. Right. Yeah. Um, but what do you say to, person, to the person who's like, oh, I don't remember dreams. You know, they just come and go. Well, that's because people don't remember a lot of things that are not interesting or important to them. Uh, for instance, in, uh, when I have my workshops, I will ask people, Okay, uh, let's let's look at your life. Let's look at your daily life. Okay, can you tell me what you had for lunch two weeks ago Tuesday? No. And nine times out of ten, they cannot, uh-huh. uh, unless it's been a very exciting lunch. Uh, otherwise, it, you know, it doesn't exist. We have trouble remembering details of things yesterday. Okay. So if you, if something is not important, it just flips right by your consciousness and is. Not, an, not a significant part of your memory. So it's not unusual that if people don't think dreams are important, they're not going to remember them very well. Hmm. Okay, so the more important you think they are, the better opportunity to keep the dreams in the forefront of your mind? Is that what you're saying? Well, you don't have to have them at the forefront, but easily accessible in terms of memory. Hmm. Okay. All right, well, let's jump into it. Um, this book is very different, as I um, have shared with the listeners. Why this book, why now, and what's different from the 10,000 other dream books that are out there? that It's not all about interpretation. Now, interpretation, uh, many people uh, enjoy that. Or I think that's, that's the only thing there is to do about it. Uh, It is one of the most ancient ways of dealing with dreams, far back as we can find in history uh, among all the civilizations. Interpretation was always considered very important. But uh, what I'm writing about is consciousness and the nature of our reality. And it has, uh, as I've written, so many characteristics that are just like dreaming. So the book is about night dreams. It is one has one significant chapter, the most significant, is How to Heal Nightmares, uh, mm. which is an amazingly simple method that uh, saved people an awful lot of time and money. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, But I also, like mentioned also, I start dealing with daydreams and the nature of them. Now, we have a curious thing about daydreams. In our society, it's like, on the one hand, we say, oh, you know, stop daydreaming, don't do that. And on the other hand, we say, live your dreams. Uh, you know, there's, there's a conflict here. Right. We, but daydreams are natural to human beings, starting off with um, children, okay? Uh, uh-huh. Because we dream things into being. Uh, I can remember when I was a child why we would have uh, uh, games of cowboys and Indians, and we would have absolutely no horses and no Indians and no uh, <laughs> uh, guns, and, but we had them. We had them with our imagination, and we interacted with each other 
as if those were real things that we had and were riding and doing things. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's a simple thing. People, children get developed imaginary friends. Uh, but then, it, you know, we start thinking more. When we have hopes and wishes, those are daydreams. When we do speculating and planning, we have to daydream. Inventing and building, okay? Athletics today, especially, uh, they've discovered that uh, imagining your, your play before you do it greatly <laughs> increases the, uh, the uh, effectiveness. And then we have artists and composers. They're daydreaming all the time. Fiction writers are probably the masters of it. And when you're producing a movie, all the people involved in the actual uh, planning and everything of the movie have to daydream it. Uh-huh. And then one of the most ancient techniques that involves daydreaming is storytelling. And that's why in, in many societies, early societies, the storytellers, the bards and so forth, were considered magical because they could use words to create images in your mind. Or even if they were really good, you start you can see it outside of you, the giants and and the witches and the and the um, beauty and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is all daydreaming. It's natural to us. We do it all the time. You know, it's interesting when you bring it up um, in that context. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, it makes complete sense. But most of us don't think about it in that way because, you know, going back to what you said, in you know, good old days, if you were caught daydreaming, you were basically punished. I mean, you yes, know, how, right. dare, how dare you daydream? I know that happened to me in sixth grade <laughs> during history class. Yeah, so me too. I, re- I, re- <laughs> I remember that clearly. So, like, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about nightmares for a moment because, um, you know, that's when people do, quote, remember the dreams, even those people who say they don't, they tend to remember the nightmare. Um, sure. What What is the nightmare? And I actually, before you answer that question, I actually had a nightmare not too long ago. And I want to share this with the audience and with you and get your thoughts on it. Now, I have, at the time, there were three dogs living in my house. Um, two have moved out with their prospective owners, thank the board. And um, so I still have my one at home. And I had this dream, the only the one that's home was here. I had this dream that the other two, I heard this noise in the dream. I got up to go to the front door. The other two dogs that didn't live here were scratching at the front door trying to get in and my precious girl um, was coming she was in the street very unusual for her and coming around the side of a car and the car happened to be a car in the neighborhood that never comes down this way and her mouth looked weird and I just instantly woke up because I didn't want to hear see feel that my dog got hit by a car or died so in going through all of that was I seeing something that's going to happen in the future or was it just you know crazy things going on in my mind and this is how it manifested well not crazy things going on in your mind um there's two aspects here one is about the future which we can talk about and the other one is just nightmares uh, that are the essential element of a nightmare is helplessness Mm. And so uh, this is what usually um, jerks people out of their sleep, or and and because it's it's fearful, mm-hmm. and uh, when, you, when you feel unable to to do something that looks like impending doom. Now, as far as well, let's look at the precognitive aspect of it. Uh, humans, whether they like to admit it or not, 
we do have an ability to be aware of existing patterns. Uh-huh. And we have the ability, consciously and unconsciously, to project those patterns into a possibility or a probability. Uh-huh. And so it's, we're not looking into the future. I have a very strong, after a lot of research, very strong uh, opinion that there is no future. But there are things that exist in the present moment that could lead to a particular future event. Okay. Uh, And and in helping people with these, what I usually do, and this will have to do with the nightmare part, but in the precognitive dream, if they like it, great. Uh, You know, dream it, you know, think about it again and, and, Mm -hmm. and put some energy into it. But if they don't like it, regardless of whether it's about them or a pet or a friend or a child, uh, you take that because right now it's a memory mm-hmm. or it could be colored an expectation, but they're essentially the same thing. Okay. It's in your mind now. And then you change the story. Now I've done this and I've taught other people how to do it. We've had such amazing experiences where something similar to the nightmare occurs, mm-hmm. but uh, because of the change that a person made, uh, it turns mm-hmm. out differently. Okay. Uh, one one experience, uh, just briefly, is a woman who dreamed that her child fell out of a tree and, and broke his leg. Oh, she was all upset. Mm-hmm. So I had her, I had her uh, recall the dream and change it, and, uh, and so that it turned out okay. And what she did was she recalled the situation, saw the child falling, and put a mattress under him. And well, that made her feel good. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks later, she was in a park and she heard a scream and looked over and saw her son falling out of a tree limb oh, no. and rushed over there. There was no mattress, but the kid just, you know, dusted himself off, stood up and laughed and walked away. <laughs> okay, so she protected her baby by paying attention to her nightmare. Yes. Wow, how powerful. Very powerful. And the same occurs with, you know, nightmares of personal um, potential injury or danger. Uh, It's a memory. Mm -hmm. Once you have it, it's a memory. The thing does not exist anymore. So take that memory, change the memory into something more positive. Well, there's several ways to do it. One is purposely change it. Another one is to um, stop and and change your behavior in the dream Mm -hmm. and then a uh, a third one is to sit there and allow it to continue now the curious thing is if you allow it to continue no matter how bad it seems it will turn out good really but um yeah it will but you know a lot of people don't like to go through the the process of having Mm -hmm. that happen so i'll give you a a little example an example of uh, one of the of mine when I was a, uh, a teenager in school, and I was a you know freshman and just high school, just learning how to deal with life. Mm-hmm. And we had bullies, and so I uh, had a dream in which two of the bullies were chasing me down the street and down down some stairs and into a restaurant when nobody was there, and I hid under a table and they came down and found me and and beat me up and when they started to beat me up is when I woke up feeling all Uh upset 
Mm-hmm. Now, my father taught me this about changing the story. And so uh, I went through the dream, down the street, down the stairs. There they are. They, I hide under a table. And then when they come down the stairs, I jump out from under the table, throw the table away, walk over to them, grab them by the back of their necks, knock their heads together, and throw them out into the street. Then I turned the table back, sat down, and had a beer. <laughs> yeah, well, I shouldn't have had a beer. I was too young. But nevertheless, yeah. boy, did that help me feel good. And the effect was, without trying to do anything else, I was never bullied again. Okay, I've got to share something with you right now, which is just kind of weird, and I live on the weird side of the world, so to speak. As you were sharing that story, and I don't believe that we've met before or have spoken before today, but as you were sharing that story, I knew exactly where you were going to go. It's like I had heard that story before. Isn't that interesting? Yes. I wonder on some level if we connected in dreamland and I just didn't recognize it yet <laughs> or remember. That is that is like, wow. Okay, so let me ask you another question regarding the daydream and then changing the story. So like the okay. lady with the kid who fell out of the tree and, you know, the kid right. got up and, and basically walked away. Um, mm-hmm. Is at that moment when the mom saw the kid falling or you or... Um, going with, you know, the people beating you up. When you were in that situation, was it a deja vu type situation, especially for the mom when she saw the kid falling, but she knew the outcome was going to be different because she had changed the outcome in her mind? Uh, Actually, actually no, because she was fully in the present moment concerned about her child. It was only until after she saw him get up that she remembered what she had done. Ah, okay. Wow. Wow. Quite fascinating. Um, In addition to the nightmare, you talk about something in the book that I found um, quite interesting. And where did I put that note? It was the night marchers. Tell us about the night marchers because I was uh, unfamiliar with them until I read your book. Okay. This is, well, this happens in different places of the world, but the the ones that are called the night marchers, it's a Hawaiian phenomenon. And it's like a it's like a daydream because people, different people, doesn't matter. They don't have to be Hawaiian. They they can be visitors or they can be long term residents. Doesn't matter. There is a phenomenon that occurs sometimes where a person, one or more, can see at the same time. They will see, uh, they will either hear or both hear and see a a line of ancient Hawaiians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coming out of some, sometimes coming out of the sea, sometimes coming out of a, of a hill, um, uh, or just suddenly appearing, marching along. There'll be a trumpeter usually in the front. They used a, a shell, conch shell, for, as a trumpet in those mm-hmm. days. And there'll be warriors, and they are protecting a chief who is coming along after them. Mm-hmm. And the typical way people can hear the, the sounds, they can hear the walking, they can hear their voices. Because they hear the trumpet, and when they see it all, why uh, then it's even more amazing. And uh, some friends told me they saw this troop coming out of the ocean and walking into a cliff and disappearing, uh, because things have changed since uh, the days when the, when those people were alive. Uh-huh. So they see this and hear it, 
and uh, it it just sounds like a very strange phenomenon but then when we start to look at other areas of the world wow we discover that this is not uncommon there are still people who go to Gettysburg and can hear the battles and mm-hmm. some of them see it and it's usually you know only for a short period of time but uh, for some it's very frightening for some it's fascinating mm-hmm. and we find these kinds of things uh, very similar all over the world where people have these experiences so it's something that happens it's a I have a hypothesis I have to call it a hypothesis because there's no way to prove it but my hypothesis is that the land let's put it that way uh, can also retain memories of events mm-hmm. and a particular person in a particular state of, of uh, mind and emotions uh, may be able to let's let's call it tune into that mm-hmm. uh, for some reason or another and uh, uh, so that what they're seeing is an event that happened before at that place that's my, that's how I think it happens okay well that makes perfect sense to me in my world <laughs> and I think it makes perfect sense to um, all of my listeners too folks we're speaking with Serge Kahili King um, PhD we're talking about his book dreaming techniques working with night dreams daydreams and lamineal dreams and you can check him out at his website and that is huna.net again that is huna net um Serge, let's jump into the next step um lucid dreaming what is it and why and how do we do it okay uh what's called lucid dreaming is where you have uh, some sense of awareness of in some way uh while you are dreaming and fully fully dreaming now i have uh, divided this up into four uh, degrees of lucidity uh, different psychologists have have their own ideas but these are mine uh, one I call it lucid lucid one is when you are aware of who you are in the dream uh, you know you might be called by name you might see your name or you just know you are who you are in waking life uh, and, and that's lucid because you can also have dreams in which you are somebody else um, I had my first dream as a actually just a week ago uh, as being a bird taking care of uh, my, you know, my, uh, my offspring and, and now I've had dreams of being animals before but I was the first one as a bird okay so uh, and I've have been other kinds of roles in many ways and so do other people so lucidity then lucidity one is when you are who you are uh, lucid two would be when you consciously change events make decisions uh, so that things turn out differently in the dream now you don't you'll still them you may or may not have self-identity at that point but you have this conscious ability to make decisions and and uh, and uh, modify events uh-huh. that's lucid uh, because you're not just you know going along with everything that's happening and then lucid three I call is a recognition that the dream is an illusion now this doesn't mean necessarily mean you do anything about it but uh, you know that hey this isn't real but you might still continue to experience it mm-hmm. and then finally lucid four is where I see the awareness of dreaming and consciously changing something both uh, 
this is a dream and I'm going to change it. This is actually a, uh, a process, the aim of something called dream yoga, uh, where uh, Tibetan uh, practitioners are, are famous for this. this is, they go through this for a particular purpose, to reach a higher state of consciousness in their system. But this is what they, they practice doing, being in the dream, recognizing it as a dream, and then doing something to change the dream. Mm-hmm. So they even use some daydreaming techniques for doing that as well. So that's what I call lucid. Mm-hmm. Now, lucid training, mm-hmm. you know, doing it, you do it just like the, the uh, Tibetans do to do it practically. You enter into a state of uh, closed-eyed consciousness, uh, create a, a uh, scene or an experience with your imagination, and then consciously knowing it's your imagination, consciously doing something to change it. One of the um, well-known ways of doing this is to imagine a tree that's burning and then going over and putting out the fire with your hands uh-huh. you know, so without getting burned. Okay. And so uh, you practice with your imagination and then with enough practice you're able to uh, go into lucid dreamings. Now, it's very interesting that in studies that have been done, they've shown that some of the most, uh, how can I put it, most uh, abundant lucid dreamers are video game players. Really? And what are they doing? They are in this game, and they are, realize it's an illusion, but they are playing it, and they are making conscious decisions to change events. So they're getting all this practice. And it wow. turns out that they, they seem to have uh, uh, a great many lucid dreams in the actual dreaming state. Mm-hmm. Fascinating because, you know, most parents are saying, put that video game down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and the kids are actually, you know, um, honing in on lucid dreaming. Can you imagine if they are aware of that and aware um, of your book, the knowledge that's contained within the book, how they could, these kids or even young adults could affect positive change on our earth today. Now you said earlier um, that if you know we think it, you know that's a dream, right? That's a daydream if we're mm-hmm. constantly thinking about something. If right. if we as a country, I'm just going to pick on the United States right now, had a majority of people who dreamt peace, love. You know, I'm not trying to be a hippie thing, but, you know, a better energy for the United States, a better energy for the world. Could we truly affect that to happen? Well, yes and no. Uh, And the reason I say that is that in my experience, which is quite a long one, um, the broader your focus, the less effect you have. Mm -hmm. It's far better to, uh, as far as being effective, Pick something specific, more specific. And then you can even, you know, there are even tools that can be used uh, to, to help you, you keep that focus. Mm-hmm. So you, you pick something really specific. Like, for instance, uh, right now with the, the people that I've trained and what we're doing is focusing on a peaceful transition. Mm-hmm. That's a specific event at a specific time that's easy to focus on. 
Okay. And so, uh, but because if you try to take the whole country with everybody in it in all the different ways that people have of thinking what is good and what is not, um, you're, you're scattering the energy. That's too much. Okay. Yeah. So you know, pick something specific and, and work on that. Okay. So when you pick that specific thing and you're working on it, do you have to have some type of critical mass or is the focus just enough? Well, of course, it's easier when you, ha- when you are focusing, you are actually drawing in all the people who want that to happen but aren't necessarily doing what you're doing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're, you're kind of focusing and energizing an existing uh, field of intention. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so I want to switch gears for a moment and talk about Dreaming in technicolor or black and white. Um, I noticed when I was a child, um, my dreams tended to be in black and white. Um, in fact, I had one horrific dream that reoccurred at least three times a month for five years. Finally, I was able to release that. How? I don't know, but it's gone, and I'm grateful. Um, after the age of 12, my dreams tend to be in color. Is there any mm-hmm. main difference as to why they're in color or black and white? I haven't found any major difference. It just we look at things differently sometimes. That's all. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of mine are in color, but uh, uh, sometimes they're black and white. Sometimes they're actually in cartoon characters. Uh, oh so really? Can be, oh yeah, that's that, that's really funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there's different ways in which we can we can look at things consciously or unconsciously. So mm-hmm. I haven't found any significant difference in color or not color. Okay. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. As some people have said in the past, well, it's this, it's that, and, and you know, I'm like, hey, I don't know. I don't think so. But, you know, we get to pick and choose what we sure. want to pick and choose. Now, um, another subtitle in your book, Liminal Dreams. What's that? <laughs> well, the, the name was, was, uh, was decided by the publisher, which is okay with me. I hadn't thought of it in those terms. Liminal means on the border. And so these are like visions that people have uh, right out here in, in, in the world. And uh, I did mention the thing about seeing uh, like the Battle of Gettysburg or the Night Marchers, for instance, mm-hmm. that would fall into it. But so do a lot of different things. And so do a lot of things that are very, very real and physically, but shouldn't be. Uh, this is, you know, comes from a lot of different ways of looking at life. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we have all these things that are called the hallucination experiment, experience for most of our um, scientific community. But, you know, there are other forms of thinking around the world. For instance, in Taoism, start off with the idea that life comes from our imagination. Mm-hmm. Buddhism basically says life is a dream. Shamans believe that dreams are simply world experiences, and this is one of them. Uh, so there's a little bit different ways of interpreting what's happening. So when we're looking at things, the other really strange, when we're getting beyond uh, these, uh, these things that seem to be only one person can see them and another can't, then we get into some real strange things that happen uh, in this, you know, in this world. Strange things that happen in the sky that everybody sees, like frogs. Uh, I, I can remember <laughs> the earliest, like what? Like frogs. You had in your book, um, frogs falling from the sky. 
Oh, that's right. Frogs fall from the sky. Uh, ice, I mean, huge chunks of ice fall from a clear sky. No mm-hmm. planes, nothing around. Bam. We get pollen coming from from 7,000 miles away, causing red rain. Uh, it's just amazing. I think in the book I mentioned my experience as a child and uh, uh, during the Second World War in Los Angeles where uh, my father and I uh, were heading toward, by car, heading toward San Diego, and all these people were stopped, and we looked up in the sky, and it was there. There was these, this city mm-hmm. way up in the clouds. It didn't follow any of the rules of a mirage, mm-hmm. and all the people were looking at it. And, of course, they came out and said, well, this was actually San Diego. The problem was San Diego didn't have buildings like that in those days. Uh, nobody knows what we were seeing, where it was from, mm-hmm. but it was there for a while lasted about an hour or so. Um, and these kinds of things happen. And then, like I said, the very specific uh, things happen. And then there are phantom villages that occur around the world. Uh, uh-huh. And even in Hawaii, there's a newspaper report uh, from the uh, 1800s of a whole family that went to one part of Kauai that was known to have this village that appeared from time to time. And they, they saw the whole thing and people walking around and, and everything like that. They, they gave their testimony. I think it was, I can't remember, between 10 and 20 people uh, who t- gave their testimony that they actually saw this. Mm-hmm. So uh, these really strange things happen that indicate possibly you know, that this world, this daylight, daydream, day, day experience that we have is pretty dreamlike in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, around the world, forever and ever, fairy tales, ghosts, uh, well, phantom armies. Mm-hmm. It's a strange world we live in. Yes, it is. But, you know, the, um, you shared a story in um, your book uh, about um, being in the car. You were, if I remember correctly, you were leaving your girlfriend's going home and you made a right-hand oh, turn. Yes. And yes. that took you someplace else. Could you share that? What, uh, sure. This was, this was late at night. This, this has happened several times to me, but this happens to a lot of people as well. Uh, and there's no currently physical explanation for it. But I, it was late at night. I was coming home from, like you said, seeing the girl who became my wife, actually. Huh. And turned the corner, and I was heading down a, a road uh, called Plymouth Road in Michigan, uh, which at that time was a, a winding road and the place i was heading for was where i was living 10 miles away a small town and i'll remember turning the corner and then instantly coming over the railroad tracks that were just outside of that town 10 miles further down the road now there's no way that i could have been asleep and do that because it was a twisty curving road and but it was it was an instant transition i turned the corner and i was in the town and you know it was the bumping of the railroad tracks that, that woke me up uh-huh. uh, or brought me back into full awareness but I have no sense of anything on that trip and this has happened to me more than once and this is this happens to other people uh, and you can also check sometimes I didn't do it at that time but sometimes you can check on the time and the time passes in a way by the clocks we use that say it's impossible that what you did could have happened in that time period. Mm-hmm. 
So the point is, it's a weird, weird world. (laughs) (laughs) It is a very weird, weird world, but it's a wonderfully weird world most days. Um, You had shared that. I remember um, when I was, I don't know, 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there, going someplace with my parents, and we were stuck in traffic. I remember we were on Madison Avenue in Lark. We're at that intersection. And the traffic is horrendous. It's just after my father being the impatient man that he was, um, he's yelling and screaming for the traffic to move. And I'm in the back seat of a station wagon with the back seat facing, you know, backwards out. And there's this little white car behind us. And this little white car, all of a sudden, nobody believes me to this day, but this little white car all of a sudden grew wings like DeLorean doors and took off and left. And I was like, <laughs> okay, was I'm seeing that, you know, was it for real? Was it a dream? And I got no response from my parents at all when I shared that with them. They just gave me a look. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and <right>. shook their <laughs> So well, could that, that have been a- some type of uh waking dream state that I wanted oh, yeah, you know, the been. traffic to well, go? Well, when you say when you wake, say waking dream, yeah, right. It was it's something that happened when you were awake. Yeah. But, you know, I found a very interesting thing. There are different ways that we can modify this waking reality with, with intention. Uh, people give it the general name manifesting, but uh, this can happen with or without our conscious intent. Uh, but the, the, some of the strange things that happen. I might have written about this one, but I was going on vacation to Europe, and I had some jewelry at my home, and so I put it in a box and put it in my library on a shelf. Um, and the box was, you know, nothing anybody would think was important. Uh-huh. And when I came home, uh, the box wasn't there. All my great jewelry was couldn't find it anywhere. Searched the house for over a year. Every once in a while, I just get this urge. It's got to be someplace. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. And this happens frequently. I had an urge one day to go into the library for something, not related to that at all. Uh-huh. Walk into the library, open the door, sitting on the shelf, on a different shelf, <laughs> say, not the same one, uh-huh. on a different shelf is the little box of jewelry. Huh. So, yeah, these are these are the really strange things that some often people don't like to talk about when something like that happens in this physical world that shouldn't ought to happen. Yeah, well, yeah, coming from a metaphysical standpoint, it could be a spirit came in and moved it because it needed to be moved. That's that's one explanation, and that, any 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 explanation of you can have them. Mm-hmm. But uh, then it's like I said, we get into that concept of hypothesis. Okay, this is how it might have happened. Um, but the fact is, it happened, and we really, really don't know how or why. Yeah. At this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, talk to us a bit because you cover this in your book um, meditation and dreaming, because people don't necessarily uh, see how the two can intersect. Sure. Um, this is where we. Meditation is a great way to practice, but there are all kinds of different ways of doing that. Uh, We have, basically, meditation is sitting down with your eyes closed. Mm -hmm. Now, it's related to a very similar thing to hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, hypnosis is, in 
my opinion, I, I ran a hypnotherapy institute for about 10 years. Uh, and uh, boy, did I learn a lot. <laughs> and the, uh, the, uh, it's like meditation, only it's a Western form of meditation. Typically, what we might call just general speaking, an Eastern form of meditation is passive. Uh-huh. Uh, and you, you, uh, you uh, either, depending on the system you're using, either do something to focus on something greater than yourself, that's very yogic, uh, uh-huh. or uh, you, very Zen-like, you don't focus on anything and, and try to clear your mind. Uh-huh. And uh, but hypnosis is simply doing the same thing with your eyes closed, only do, doing something else. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis, uh-huh. and in that state of mind, uh, you consciously use uh, or are directed to use uh, imagination to uh, generate an experience. So it's just that the Western form is more active. It's still daydreaming with your eyes closed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can use this. It's a fantastic way to solve problems. Uh, Thomas Edison is very famous for doing that. And he had a, he had a problem. He was trying to figure out what to do about it. He'd go into a meditation state, which is the same, uh, only not a trance state, but a meditation state where he would uh, have the intention to, uh, to know something. Uh-huh. Um, but didn't put any effort into it. He says this is the intent and allow things to happen that gave him an answer. And so lots of people, scientists, uh, certain kinds of scientists use this. Uh, a lot of people in many uh, kinds of professions uh, will use this as a way to get inspiration. Hmm. Well, they're very, very um, exciting. And it causes you to think, and I like... Um, processes that cause you to truly think instead of just existing on, you know, this lump of uh, energy that we call Earth. It's, in my opinion, it's important to think and be aware. And that's the one thing that uh, your book, Dreaming Techniques, helped me with, and that's becoming more aware of just, you know, um, not only nighttime dreams, but daytime dreams. Now, when we go to your website, huna.net, what are we going to find there? All right, huna.net is actually our store site. Mm-hmm. So you're going to find a list of my books uh, in various formats and um, home study courses and uh, audios and, and videos uh, and um, you know, a number of things like that. There will also be a link to our main site for the organization, Huna International, which is huna.org. There you'll find uh, lots of different uh, things to see and do, including hundreds of articles uh, that our members and and others have uh, posted there. All that's free. And on YouTube, what we've done, uh, with the help of of one of our staff, uh, we now have, I had done a lot of videos over the years, and he has taken them and put them on YouTube. And so there's about currently 156 videos on various topics that people wow. can, uh, see. Many of them have to do with healing. A lot of them have to do with Hawaiian culture. 
Okay, so folks, huna.net or huna.org. But if you go to huna.net and you click on the freebies link, um, there oh, yeah. you will find something that absolutely blew my mind is that help yourself with Dynamine. And this is a very easy but extremely effective healing technique. And it's absolutely free, folks. Um, it's a download, eight pages. You don't, you know, again, freebie. You don't have to pay anything. It's COVID. You got time to work on yourself. So that's something that you might want to consider if you are at all um, attracted to uh, Serge's work. Um, he offers a lot, and I'm going to explore the Huna.org as soon as we are done with this podcast and and see what um, talks to me while I am there. Um, Serge, our time has gone so quickly, and I do appreciate your time today. What pearl of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience today? Well, um, I'm going to leave the first, my favorite thing, which I do and which I teach people to do. It's very simple. Uh, It's bless the present, trust yourself, and expect the best. To bless the present means to take some time out consciously to appreciate the good in your current environment. Uh-huh. You know, not outside, right now, here, present. Bless the present, the good stuff that's here. Um, and this, is amazingly, is a fantastic way to help you relax, regardless of what your problems are. Uh-huh. The second thing is to trust yourself. Don't doubt yourself. There's no point. It doesn't help you whatsoever at all. Uh, trust yourself to do the best you can. That's all you can do in any situation. Uh-huh. Don't try to be perfect or don't regret, just trust you're doing the best you can no matter what. And if you learn how to do it better, that's a good thing. And then finally, expect the best. Because if you expect the worst, you're going to notice it, you're going to pick it out, and that's what you're going to uh, move toward or attract if you like that idea. Uh But if you expect the best, you're going to be more open to opportunities to do the things you want to do to help the people you want to help. Excellent. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, Serge, thank you for being uh, the guest. Thank you very much for writing this book. Um, folks, this is, like I said, it's a different um, book on dreaming, okay? Um, it's not your grandma's, you know, look up a cat and see what a cat means and apply that to your life. Um, it, it's causing you to think if this book is going to raise your consciousness and again during this time of COVID what do you have to do besides work on yourself okay we've got the time for whatever reason universe said this is the time for people to go inward so you know maybe you want to take a listen okay and if dreaming is your thing uh, do pick up this book I found it to be very insightful Um, so Serge thank you for being my guest today the audience thank you for being with us as we collectively get over it and please remember you're welcome Um, please remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important consider making the masterful choice of discovering the different dreaming techniques abundant Blessings, light, and love to all. Agape.